we just aired a program about Yucca Mountain and about the nuclear waste problem in general, but then on the same day, a federal appeals court said that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission has to take some action on a permit for Yucca Mountain. Will you folks describe what's going on there? Okay, this is the uh, license application that the Department of Energy submitted. It was 10 years late, but after 25 years of study, they finally got it in 10 years late, but better late than never, uh, in 2008 uh, to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Uh, by law, under the Nuclear Waste Policy Act, the next step was for the Nuclear Regulatory Commission to review this license application, which uh, is the most extensive application that's ever been completed in the history of, of people, okay? We're talking 110 pounds and 8,600 pages, this, this application. It's a pretty, uh, obviously, a very involved document. But um, they, the NRC's uh, responsibility then was to review this application and basically decide yay or nay. Is Yucca Mountain uh, safe or, is it, or do we, shut, or do we uh, just shut down the project at this point? Um, the NRC for the past few years has uh, basically uh, one, one thing or another, they've come up with a number of objections to uh, reviewing the license application. Uh, it's been uh, fought out in the courts for several years now. And so Tuesday's ruling, the Federal Appeals Court, ruled that uh, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission has been flouting the law when it stopped work on the review of the proposed uh, the license uh, for, for the Yucca Mountain Repository. Um, and the ruling continued to say that the record suggests that this is a policy matter, but the president and federal agencies may not ignore the will of Congress merely, merely because of a policy disagreement. And um, so the, the, I think the strongest statement uh, in this court ruling was the, uh, the, the summary statement uh, where they wrote, it is no overstatement to say that our constitutional system of separation of powers would be significantly altered if we were to allow executive and independent agencies to disregard federal law in the manner asserted in this case by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. In other words, the court didn't mince words here. No excuses do it. Yet Congress has failed to provide funding for this program, the Yucca Mountain program. Is that a bit of a mixed message to the Nuclear Regulatory Commission? Well, oh, let's let Bill take this one. Yeah. Um, so actually, because of the sequestration and the, and the logjam in Congress, they haven't been able to really um, allocate much of much funding to anything. They have allocated eleven million dollars for the project to continue. Um, for the for the and, review of and the actually um, shortly after the Obama administration announced that they were pulling the plug on on Yucca Mountain, there was a, a, a quite a few number of a bipartisan group of uh, people in Congress wrote wrote to Secretary Chu, Secretary of Energy at the time, uh, saying that they disagreed with that uh, pulling the plug on Yucca Mountain. So the president pulled the plug, uh, and that that had effect inside the, the agencies. But then, then Congress the next year failed to provide sufficient funds, right? Well, um, yeah, the, when, when President Obama shut down the Yucca Mountain Project in 2010, 
um, all, virtually all observers accredit this uh, to political payoff to Senator Harry Reid, who, of course, is from Nevada and has fought Yucca Mountain for um, many years. Um, Gregory Jasko, who was the previous chair of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, had been an aide of Senator Reid's, and he, within the NRC, uh, just one stalling tactic after another, but basically uh, just, I guess, the bottom line is that just refused to uh, review the license, came up with one excuse after another. The concern, the, there are a couple things that are of concern with this uh, court ruling. And one is that uh, within hours of the ruling, um, Senator Reid said, you know, with no disrespect to the courts, this decision means nothing. Um, he has a lot of reason to be confident that the, the license will not be reviewed because uh, Senator Reid had a uh, very uh, – large role in having the new uh, chair of the NRC, Allison McFarlane, appointed, uh, I, I believe it was two years ago. Um, and, uh, and, and Dr. McFarlane has, uh, has built her reputation on opposing Yucca Mountain. So the question has been asked over the past year, just speculations about what if the court rules that they have to review the license application, how is it going to get a fair review with Allison McFarlane at the helm of the NRC? So they might be able to continue to, to flaunt now the Federal Appeals Court decision inside the NRC? It's going to be interesting to see. They've, they've said that they're, you know, haven't ruled out appealing or they're considering appealing. Um, you know, it's going to be, I mean, basically the, uh, the court ruling was so clear that this is just, you know, there's, there's nothing in the Constitution that supports the executive or a federal agency flaunting the will of Congress. So it would be hard to, um, uh, probably hard to make a case that the Supreme Court would be willing to look at. But there are, of course, many stalling tactics. Um, you know, one person commented that, uh, that the $11 million, there's enough there to do some substantial work on finishing the license, the safety part of the review, or the NRC could, you know, basically fritter it away, uh, unpacking and packing boxes. So, you know, again, how, how they utilize the money, uh, that's something that uh, I guess will be, you know, will be, we'll be seeing in the in the future here yeah that's uh, abc reports that chief judge merrick garland said that the funds uh could be used to uh unpack and then pack up boxes this right. uh, 10 and 11 million dollars yeah and his point was that that's just not enough money to do anything and i think when we're talking about 11 million dollars of taxpayer money here and uh, 25 billion that's gone. I'm sorry, 15 billion that's gone into the study of taxpayer money. 25 years of study. Uh, that's just you know to kind of brush it off that only 11 million dollars is you know I, I guess I have a little issue with that. That well, you have you you have an issue that that's too little money. I'm sorry, Rosemary. No, that that he just to denigrate that amount of money, just brush it off like you know we just have peanuts here to work with. I mean, $11 million is a substantial amount of money, and uh, they should be able to do a substantial amount of work with that money, uh, in my viewpoint. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I was going to say that one of the things that the court said, which makes a lot of sense, is that 
this is a long, as we mentioned, this is a long-term project that's been going on for a long time. So if something doesn't get funding one year or gets very minimal funding, that doesn't mean the project is not going to get funding in future years. So really it's not, it behooves the NRC not to, not to second guess what the future funding from Congress should be. They have a very specific uh, mandate that they're supposed to follow, not to try to second guess Congress. So, Bill, do you believe that this that this permit project should go forward, and not not just not just the review of the permit, but that the project at Yucca Mountain offers a good solution to this long-term nuclear waste problem? Yeah, I I think that the first of all, I think that the review, the license application, the review of that should be completed. I think there is a real problem here in the way this is all played out, trying to force it down Nevada's Nevada's throats. Um, so. It, you know, but the act that created Yucca Mountain as the only site was a, was a big mistake. So I think that one really needs to look at this as a long-term uh, negotiating process with Nevada uh, rather than trying to, to ram it down their, their throats. Uh, there's nothing that suggests that Yucca Mountain is not a good enough site. No site is perfect. Uh, at the same time, I think it's been shown to be a mistake that we don't have a plan B. So there's no other sites that are that are that are being looked at. Um, I guess the final thing I'd say is that you know we sh it's, there's just been discussion about an interim storage site for that's getting more and more interest because of the problems with finding a repository. And and it's interesting that over time, a number of times, people have actually introduced laws to make the Nevada test site an interim storage site, which it makes sense because it's already federally controlled. And there's already been nuclear weapons. So are the nuclear weapons there? It's, it's very well patrolled. Um, it, you know, it's it's, it's remote, uh, so it makes sense from that standpoint also. And the reservation well, in Utah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rosemary. I, I was just going to add, and, and also in terms of the real estate values at the Nevada test site, um, almost almost a thousand nuclear warheads were detonated, a hundred above ground, from oh I don't know the mid 50s until the early 90s. And so uh, the real estate values are pretty well trashed for all eternity at the Nevada test site. So it, it's, it's, in, in that sense, it's also a logical, um, possibly a reasonable place for an interim site. Is the, uh, is the site in Utah still at all uh, under consideration? No, the utilities that worked with the go shoots back in December, uh, after I think 15 years of trying to get that site in, uh, pulled the plug. Now that was going to be for like I forget it was 25 or 40 years, but it's beginning to become a little unbelievable that the waste would be moved there for only 25 years or, or 40 years at this point because of all the difficulties finding a repository. It seems like it'd be something that would be hard to guarantee. And that has been a big issue. That was addressed in the Nuclear Waste Policy Act when it was passed in 1982, that you can't open an interim storage site until a repository is under construction. And this was to ensure that the interim site doesn't turn into a de facto repository, as the terminology goes. You know, it just would be very easy to just say, just kind of leave it there and forget about it, uh, much like is what is happening now at the 75 sites in 33 states across the country with this nuclear waste uh, just, you know, lying around and, and um, it's hard to, I mean, it's, it's easy for those kinds of things to happen. Well, returning back to Yucca Mountain then, which would be the permanent site, it's the most likely permanent site, and the NRC and its uh, 
its um, uh, examination of this application, could they uh, could they actually review the application and neither reject nor approve it? Is there a possibility for them to take some third path? I think they can. Uh, probably they could do that. I don't know for sure. You'd have to look very carefully at what their what their mandate is. I think they could come back and say, you know, it looks you need to do this, that, and and the other thing in order to in order to successfully. Um, submitted license application to us. So I, I assume they could they could reject it but say send it back to us for a second try uh, and try to solve these problems. I have no idea though what how much latitude they have. But the but you believe that the problem is essentially a political problem, not a technical problem. This is a problem of uh, uh, Senator Reed doesn't want this project in Nevada. Well a lot of people would would say this is a technical problem because there's a um, very strong feelings among, and Allison McFarlane, head of the NRC, is one of them, that, that the, only, the only safe place to bury the uh, high-level nuclear waste is in the saturated zone. In other words, under the water table, uh, because there's no oxygen there for, you know, oxidation, you know, rusting of the containers over time. Um, uh, meanwhile, uh, of course, burying it in the in the unsaturated zone where you can monitor and retrieve it uh, if, if there's a problem you could actually retrieve it um, it would be very very difficult to do that in the saturated zone so there's there's strengths and and weaknesses to both arguments but many people feel very strongly that the saturated zone is the only place that that nuclear waste should be buried they cite Finland and Sweden of course that they're developing their repositories in the saturated zone beneath the water table. Uh, forgetting to mention that Finland and Sweden do not have uh, deep unsaturated zones um, like we have in the American Southwest. And um, in fact, the American Southwest has some of the deepest unsaturated zones in the world. So it, it makes that a viable uh, option in the U.S. U.S. Court of Appeals, one step short right of the uh, U.S. Supreme Court, has, has told the Nuclear Regulatory Commission that it needs to make a decision on the license application for Yucca Mountain. Did they have a, a date associated with that? I don't think so. Well, uh, the, the court did say, you know, basically in a very timely manner. Uh, they're already, by law, under the Nuclear Waste Policy Act, they need to complete the review in three years. Well, three years have long since passed, since 2008, when when the Department of Energy dropped it off at the NRC. Uh, but I, I think they said in a prompt manner, something like that. I think the wild card here is the fact that now this has been turned turned back to Congress at this particular point in, in our history, if you will, at which point Congress is, you know, a complete disarray on many issues, and in this, and in this particular case in particular. Uh, so it's hard to picture how they how they'll work through it, because right at the moment there's a bipartisan group that's looking at the issue, um, but they're lo they have a log jam in terms of whether or not they should proceed forward with, with Yucca Mountain at the same time. Now Congress could, uh, by caveat, say we're no longer going to consider Yucca Mountain. Is that true? That's true. And I think that's mainly done through just not appropriating any more money to continue reviewing the license application. Would you folks care to speculate on a likely outcome here uh, of this decision? <laughs> I think we're going to see probably more of the same, <laughs> which is unfortunately 
uh, lack of uh, decision about how to proceed forward until something probably happens that motivates people to, to suddenly try to try to solve the problem. Maybe that's too pessimistic, but it's, it's probably what will happen. And, and I would like to see the United States take this take this issue and uh, in, a, in, in a more, I, I can't, I mean, I think, you know, it's being taken seriously, but certainly in terms of taking responsibility and getting beyond the talking and doing something about it. And that just, it's, it's all but been lacking uh, throughout the history of this problem. Um, you know, I, I, I guess that's all I have to say on it, but I mean, I personally would like to see you know that this waste is is underground where it belongs, and that the U.S. faces up to the fact, just like Sweden and Finland have faced up to the fact, there is no perfect place to bury this waste. We've opened Pandora's box here. There is no completely great, perfect way to get it closed, but we need to get this stuff underground in the best spot we can find. Right, and whether that can be done by a caveat of the federal government, that appears to be. That appears to be impossible. They've tried that with Nevada, and with with no luck, right? Or is there still? I think, I think whatever we're talking here, we're talking about a long-term process. However, it plays out. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill, and elaborate on that thought. Um, I just think that that um, Nevada. I mean, if if the Congress went forward with with Yucca Mountain, the NRC went forward with Yucca Mountain. There's a lot of things that Nevada can do to, to stop this. Um, and, for example, we haven't even really dealt with the transportation issues, which is a lightning rod for controversy um, once that starts to become evident to people. Um, and if they don't do something, then, then basically we're stuck with the status quo. So I think what we need is to pursue, multi, as I described earlier, pursue multiple fronts, keep Yucca Mountain on the table, It'd be foolish to take it off at this point in time, unless there's some technical reason to do so, and try to develop some sort of approach to look for the other, other possible repositories and also, at the same time, look for possibilities for an interim storage site. And Rosemary? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that we, both, we both see that, that, you know, something needs to be done to, to, take, to basically just completely shut down Yucca Mountain without completing the uh, license review is, I mean, I think it just breaks trust with the public that, that it's taxpayer money that has gone into, um, you know, 25 years of studying this site, um, the, the lawsuits from the Department of Energy not being able to honor its contract to take charge of the spent fuel by 1998 when the first repository was supposed to be open, taxpayers are paying for those lawsuits. Um, there's a responsibility here to the public to um, to do something and to and to get serious and, and stick with a course and uh, and follow it in, until unless there's some compelling reason uh, to stop. Dr. Bill Alley, uh, formerly the head of the USGS groundwater program at Yucca Mountain for eight years, and Rose Marie Alley, who co-authored with uh, Bill, Too Hot to Touch. Thank you, Jim. Thank you.